is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 31.30 This is Faithful Women. The first thing I was going to go over was, obviously, this book is about being the virtuous woman or women that God's called us to be. So the first chapter was about virtue. The second chapter was about diligence. And this chapter is going to focus on cheerfulness. But before we get started, I wanted to um, propose, I guess, a question or a suggestion. Um, we have some people that, you know, I would like to be in our group, but they're not necessarily a mom. So I have thought about changing the name from Mama Bear to something else. So if you have a name suggestion, please message me or text me, whatever. So that way um, I can get us a new name. Um, I mean, I love Mama Bear. I love it, love it, love it. But I also would love to include some young women who, you know, maybe are even in college or whatever the case may be, or I don't want to exclude, you know, a woman who's not necessarily a mom or make anybody feel weird about it or left out. So I just feel like that's kind of the way God's leading me in it. I want to be more, I guess, inclusive and then not just, you know, moms, because we, you know, since day one have said it's not just for moms, but it's hard to explain that when the name says mama bear. So y'all hit me up with some suggestions. Um, and we'll get started. All right, so cheerfulness. This chapter was pretty, this whole book is really an easy read, but it's got such good, valuable stuff in it. I'm really learning a lot from it. I hate that it's been so long since we've been able to meet, um, but you know, life gets busy and school starts and everything's wild. So I'm glad that, you know, even though it's not a lot of us right now, there are a few of us, and I'm like I said, I'm going to record it so everybody can hear um, and be a part of it, those that missed. So this chapter talks about cheerfulness and choosing to be, cheer to be a cheerful person, even when we don't, we don't feel like it. Um, you know, some people are just born cheerful, I guess. Um, I'm pretty much a cheerful person. I like to just be happy and just, I don't know, it's just kind of like my nature is just cheerfulness. So it's not necessarily talking about that. It's talking about even in bad times or hard times, um, we can choose to be cheerful and not just that we should, but it's actually our duty as a Christian. Um, we must be happy in God. You know, ultimately we know that even if our world is shaking or everything's crumbling down around us, we know that he's sovereign and he has a plan for us. And so that enables us to be happy and um, we definitely have to glorify him by being happy and our cheerfulness should categorize our lives um, and then like I said it's our duty to be cheerful so you know that's something that God's called us to be and it's an important attribute or virtue so I'm going to go over some scripture that talks about it in Psalms 144 15 and when it has a or b like a means the top of that verse and b means the bottom of that verse i never knew that until i you know started studying it for myself and i saw what in the world does the b mean i don't see 11b in my bible so that's just a little tip but anyways 
So the bottom of that verse says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So when God's your Lord and God's your strength, then you can't help but to be happy. And then Psalms 146, verse 5, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Another verse, Matthew 9, 2, then behold, they brought to him a, a paralegic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to, the, to him, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. So, you know, God's just talking about being a cheerful, being cheerful even when things are not going great because your hope is in him, not the world. Um, and then the chapter goes into, you know, when are we cheerful? Like what categories tell us, or like when can we be cheerful? Like what categories do we use to describe cheerfulness or to describe when we are cheerful? And I thought it did a pretty good job. There are, I believe eight, nine, there are nine categories. So the first one is in giving. You know, we kind of learned this as little children in church. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, So let each give, each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. You know, and back before COVID hit and we used to could take up offering, we would see the little babies at church and go up and, you know, give their offering. And it was just so sweet to watch that. And as an adult, you know, I definitely want to give my tithes out of cheer and not out of obligation or anything of the wrong manner or attitude. Um, another way when that we're cheerful is in singing. Y'all know that when you're happy, you just sing. You can see people walking down the hallway when they get good news or if they're just having a good day, they're just kind of humming and, you know, songs are just a happy they're just joyful anyways most of the time and in let's see where i am james 5 3 it says is anyone cheerful let him sing psalms and you know singing can be an outlet for our happiness another way is showing mercy and that's the third category and in romans y'all won't have time to turn to all these because there's a lot of scripture used but and I'll read them for you in Romans 12 8 B so that's the bottom of the verse it says he who shows mercy with cheerfulness and you know being showing mercy is you know being considerate towards others um just showing you know being considerate towards others whether they're children elderly a stranger, a lonely person, a sales clerk, wherever, whoever, um, show that mercy, and that's a form of being cheerful. And in, let's see, Proverbs 14, 21, he who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, he is happy. So, you know, showing mercy is a way of cheerfulness. And then the fourth way is in fearing the Lord and walking with him. 
So in Psalms 128.1, hold on, Jen just said let me in. I'm not used to having this waiting room. Hi, Jen. I'm not used to having this waiting room, so I'm not used to uh, having people. Usually we use Microsoft Teams and they just come on, they just pop up, so at school. <laughs> We're on the fourth or the fourth category of ways to be cheerful. And that's fearing the Lord and walking with him. And in Psalms 128.1, it said, Blessed or happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And faith, it talks about this too. Faith keeps the heart cheerful. Fear keeps the heart serious. So faith in God, when you know God's going to take care of everything and handle everything, then that brings cheerfulness rather than fear or seriousness. And it also talks about to fear the Lord is to worship him. And that's big because learning to um, fear the Lord is, a big part of maturity and learning that, you know, I guess just to have the respect for him and the reverence that he deserves makes you just want to do good and, and obey him. And then talks about number five, working and eating. And this is Psalms 128.2. When you eat the labors of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. And then also Romans 12, 11, we are to serve the Lord, not lagging in diligence, forever in spirit. And then um, that's Romans 12, 11. And then it says, as we work hard before the Lord, we are blessed with happiness in him and we are satisfied. So that's the benefit of our own labor. And, you know, when we work hard for God, it says, you know, we're blessed and happy and our happiness is in him and he satisfies us. Number six, showing hospitality. And the verse that goes with that is first Peter four, nine. We are to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Um, you know, it talks about also not discouraging, others from being hospitable like well you always have people at your house why why do you always have people at your house but that's actually something that you know god calls us to do is to be show hospitality to our brothers and be have be friendly welcome people into your home with open arms and open hearts um number seven finding wisdom and the verse that goes with that is proverbs three thirteen. We find wisdom when we seek diligently. And Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. So this was a very big one for me because it talks about underneath the topic number seven or the category, whatever you want to call it. It talks about how you can't just hear the word that's preached. You need to seek instruction, seek guidance, seek, seek counsel. For God's word. I know for me, I can't just listen to 
the sermon on Sunday and expect to be fed. I have to truly, well, one thing that really helps me is um, Jason Garrett do a podcast and it's like reviewing Romans. So they review what they've preached. And so, and I also try to take notes because it just seems to help me, I guess, get everything organized. Um, that's just how my brain works. But when I re-listen to the podcast and actually Garrett and Jason have moved on to doing a different podcast and it's actually been um, Jason and brother James, I believe is his name. Um, so it's actually like I can hear Garrett's perspective on some things with Jason, but then when I hear another preacher's perspective with Jason too on reviewing Romans, they've been doing that for the last few weeks. And it's just awesome because if I miss something in the sermon, I hear it again, or it just kind of edifies what I, you know, what I feel in my spirit for when I learn, you know, like the amen moments or whatever I'm learning at church to hear not only my husband and my preacher talk about it, but to hear another preacher talk about it and to hear their perspective or maybe a side. And even when, you know, Garrett does it with Jason, even another side, Garrett's brought perspectives before that neither me nor Jason have thought of. And it's just kind of awesome to just come at it from a different angle. And that, so that really helps me in finding wisdom. Um, and then also just that personal study that you have with God because he desires it. You know, we've said, I feel like for a hundred years, we've always said, if you don't spend time with the ones you love, then you're not going to have a relationship with them. And it's the same way with God. If you don't spend time with God, if you don't truly seek after him, then how, for one, are you going to know who he is or what he's about? But how are you going to have that relationship with him? So that was a, a big one for me. Um, so remember paying attention to the word preached and seek instruction. And then number eight talks about heeding the word and trusting the Lord. And all of these are backed by scripture. And that's a great way when you're doing a Bible study or when you're learning about God, as long as it's backed by the word, you're good. I'm not looking at this trying to make my own suggestions or my own um, thoughts about it. I'm not taking a scripture and telling you what I think it means or, you know, I'm just applying these scriptures that already go with what we're talking about, which is cheerfulness. So number eight, heeding the word and trusting the Lord. Proverbs 16, 20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good and whosoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. You know, that goes along with trusting God, um, his sovereignty. Um, ultimately, he's in control and whatever is done on earth is, doesn't surprise him. It doesn't scare him um, because he's in control. And this means that not only do we hear and learn wisdom, we do it. We're not just hearers. This is very important because just hearing the word isn't enough. And that's kind of what I went into with, you know, the seventh one. We don't want to just be, well, James 1.22, we want to be doers, not just hearers. Um, I feel like we've kind of been baby Christians for a long time. And it's finally time for us to be more mature and to grow up and study the word for ourselves and understand, you know, 
that there are things that we can apply to our lives and there are things that we can do. Whereas we're not just hearers only, we're doers of the word. We obey what the word says. We hear it, we apply it to our lives. Um, number nine, keeping the law. And that's Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people will cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Um, God's law is written in our hearts and our regenerated hearts want to obey him. So just like Pastor, Jay, Pastor Jason taught this morning, when we're truly saved, we can't help but to want to serve God. We can't help but to want to do what's right because we're in that relationship with God. That's what we desire to do. You know, and then last Sunday he talked about bearing the fruits of the spirit. And if you're truly saved, then you will produce those fruits. You will show those fruits because you can't help it. You know, like he said, dogs will bark, cats will meow, Christians will do good because that's what we are. That's what we do. Um, so under the keeping the law part, it talks about when we obey him, we are happy. And I can't, that's so true because when I find myself either living in sin or doing something that I know isn't right, I have conviction about it. And the last thing, or I guess the farthest thing from me is contentment or happiness. Um, and we'll go into that in a second. But it also says, um, you know, when we obey him, we're happy. And that sounds very simple because it is really simple. Sometimes it's hard to obey, but it is never impossible. God has promised to give us his spirit. And by this, by the means of his spirit, we are unable to do what's right. Do I always want to choose exactly the right thing? No, but I have the Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me to do those right things. And then I hope Laura Beth can still hear because I cannot see her face. Like in my meetings at school, I'm always like, so-and-so, turn your video on. I can't see you. <laughs> Which it could be her internet or also her iPhone could have died. I don't know. Um, oh, you there? Oh, she's eating. Cool. <laughs> she's eating a late lunch. She's starving. Um, luckily, we had leftovers at home, so I didn't have to cook this afternoon. Um, all right, so then it moves on to talking about hindrances and, and what kind of stuff keeps us from being cheerful. And some of these, you know, I was like, duh, you know, like we know that. But then some of them I'm thinking, I really haven't put much thought into it. So, you know, even though this Bible study is pretty um, straightforward, it's good to really focus on these things and to understand them and how they relate to our relationship with God and what he wants us to be. So hindrances, the first one it mentions is unbelief. Unbelief is forgetfulness. We forget who we are in Christ. We forget how glorious and powerful our God is. We forget his promises to us and all that causes us to lose heart. You know, it's easy to look at the world, especially right now, and to see everything that's going on or all the problems that are going on in our life or everything that we're facing or everything that the world around us just seems to be spinning out of control. It's easy to lose heart, 
but we must not forget that we have to keep our eyes on God because he's in control and his promise to us is that you know he's going to work all things out for the good of those that love him and uh, and for his glory and that is the most reassurance and the most peace i guess that i've ever felt is just knowing that no matter what this world may give or offer or bring at the end of the day whatever god wants to happen that's what's going to happen and and there's nothing I can do about it, regardless if I want to change it or not. And like the song we sang this morning, you know, I got tearful because I'm like, you know, I do oftentimes find myself trying to, what's the exact words? Um, like negotiate. I find myself like negotiating with God, like, God, please don't let this happen or please fix this or you know, well, and then in my head, I'm trying to figure out scenarios. Well, if this happens, then what, what happens after that? Or, well, can you at least let this happen? If this happens, then can you at least let this happen? And I don't need to do that. I'm not, I'm nobody. Like, who am I to even think that I can negotiate with God? And so, you know, I find myself almost in a state of repentance during that song. And just, I'm sorry, God, for trying to negotiate and trying to figure it all out on my own because all I have to do, like it says too, is to put it in your hands and you know, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do, you're gonna do the work and you're gonna handle it. Um, the second hindrance is impatience. We become full of ourselves and forget how patient God has been with us. We want instant satisfaction for ourselves or others or instant answers to our prayers that's a big one for me because obviously I'm not like the most patient person in the world, if y'all know me. Um, so when I have to pray for something or wait, it's often hard for me. And it's a season that used to be a lot more challenging than I guess it is now that I understand more of the sovereignty of God. But um, I just have to remind myself, like it says, God is working his will in the world. We must not lose sight of his sovereign control over all things, not just the things that I think he's in control of. He's in control of everything. Um, the third one is ingratitude. When we fail to be thankful to God for all things, we click, we quickly forget how much God has done in and for us. We think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think and we think that we deserve better treatment. So this is a big one in our culture. I don't know if y'all have been aware of it, but oftentimes people feel as if they don't deserve to have to go through something bad. Or if you look at the, the word of faith movement or, you know, all these other things often tell people, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to, and yes, God does want you to ha be happy. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't mean to the extent of never allowing you to go through something that's bad. Um, and also, you know, I've had friends go through things. I've went through things before and, you know, it seems like for some reason, some of the best people often face the most challenging lives or the most challenging roads 
And so you question God and you're thinking, well, God, why? Why does this person have to go through? Well, I'm sorry, but what I've learned is that as a Christian, your life's not going to be a bed of roses. And there are bad things that are going to happen. It's inevitable because we live in a world that's fallen. And so when bad things happen, we must rely on God for one, that he's sovereign for two, that he has never failed us and he's never left us and he, nor will he ever. And so, no, we don't deserve better treatment. No, we don't deserve not to have bad things happen. That's the state of the world that we live in. Um, we're sinners saved by grace. You know, like Jason, sorry, that's my husband. So I just say Jason, as Pastor Jason said this morning, you know, there's two roads to this life. And when you choose to follow God, then yes, our end looks completely different than the people who choose not to. But we, before we were, we were born again, we're sinners and our road led to hell. So without being born again, without being saved, then that's where we would go. So before we, and it's, and there's nothing good in us. There's not, I'm not a good person and I can't do all this stuff on my own. The only good in me is God. The only hope in me is God. I'm not a good person of my own standards. Yes, I'm good because Christ is working through me, but of my own, I'm just a, a, a wretch and a, and a mess and a hot mess. And so I'm so thankful that God chose me to live in me and to just work through me because I, now I have a whole different eternal life. I have all the hope in the world because no matter what man does, no matter what may come my way, I'm going to spend eternity with God. And that's the most magical and like amazing thing that could ever happen or be given to us. And so, like I said, our culture thinks you don't deserve bad because you're a good person, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that this road that we walk is not going to be necessarily the easiest thing just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have this beautiful picture and nothing ever is going to go wrong with it. So just remember that um, it's God working through us and God in us. So the fourth hindrance is bitterness. And this is in Hebrews 12, 15. And that says, when we keep a record of other people's wrongs against us, we lose our joy. So when bitterness fills our minds and hearts, we can't think of anything but how we have been wronged. It's a sad state to be in. Talks about the ugly attitudes often manifest themselves in murmuring, complaining, grumbling, self-pity, and other forms of discontent. This is unworthy of a Christian. And I thought, wow. Like I even talked to Jason about this. I said, what? Like this is unworthy of a Christian. Like I complain every day, especially at work, because this year is a hot mess hot mess. Everything's different. Everything's changing. Nobody knows what's going on. We ask a question. We don't hear back. We just, I guess, just do whatever you feel like's best for your children. And so I often times, like even Friday, find myself mumbling, murmuring, whatever. Mumbling was a vocabulary word this week in my, my class. Anyways, 
um, I oftentimes find myself complaining. And so when I read this, my toes were definitely stepped on. Um, so let me just go ahead and finish reading it to you because you may find yourself in the same place I was, um, kind of am, but praying to get out of. Okay, so obviously it says this is unworthy as a Christian. In Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without complaining or, dis or disputing. Remember that murmuring never, or, but, sorry. Remember that murmuring not only fails to make things better, it makes things worse. So the effects of grumbling, um, LGs, like I said, get ready. Number one, grumbling is a bad example and can cause others to join you in the same sin. Sin, guys, okay? Never did I ever know that grumbling and complaining was a sin. I don't know how I got around that one. I guess I just never, ultimately I'm, I'm at fault because I should have known or you know, studied more to know, but I didn't realize it was a sin. So like I said, I talked to Jason about it and I'm like, did you know that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I've always, like when I'm complaining, I feel this like heaviness. I'm like, oh, like I need to stop complaining. I need, I know this isn't right. I know that I shouldn't, but I've never understood that it was a sin. So once again, things that are easy and simple, but not necessarily things that we all have thought about. Um, grumbling distracts you away from the duties that God has given you to do. And I thought, hmm, as a mom, that hits hard because oftentimes I can grumble about my child when she's a hot mess or when she chooses not to listen that day or about how messy my house is. But guess all that's doing, guess what it's doing? Keeping me from doing what I could do to fix it. Like if I'm grumbling about how messy my house is, well, what if I just get up instead of taking the time to grumble and I go do it, go fix it, go clean it. Like it just hit me. Grumbling often leads to other sins like self-pity, worry, annoyance, annoyance, and disrespect. I can see that with my leaders at school. If I'm grumbling and complaining about them, what respect am I really showing at the end of the day? Um, hearing yourself complain just reinforces your bad attitude and makes things seem even worse than they are. I know that's true. I mean, I knew that was true before I read this <laughs> because it's like almost like once you speak your problem, it like gets a thousand times worse. Um, and then, you know, you like call your grandma and tell her or you call your mom and tell her and it's like you call your best friend and tell her. And so by the time you get done telling it for one, you haven't done anything productive. You've just caused things to get worse. And for two, it just makes it worse. It's on your mind more. You're like, oh my geez, like this is terrible. It makes it a thousand times worse. Um, then complaining is not only unproductive, nothing good comes out of it, but it is destructive. It tears people down. So if I'm grumbling about somebody, I'm tearing them down, which is not good. Um, complaining is just a big waste of time. You could be doing something worthwhile. And then God hates grumbling and complaining. This one got me off. It says he will judge it. And think of the Israelites in the wilderness. So I was like, oh yeah, God, I got you. Like I hear you loud and clear. And I am going to challenge myself to stop 
grumbling and complaining because for one, I didn't know it was a sin, but now I do. So therefore I am accountable. And, um, I mean, it's not, it just, we, it just gave us a thousand reasons of why it's not good and, and why we shouldn't. So I'm going to take that word and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm not just a hearer. Remember, we're not just hearers only, we're doers. So I didn't just hear that and read that for nothing. God ordains what we should learn when we should learn it, I believe. And so now's my time to be a doer of that word. So that brings us to the questions. And the first one, y'all are welcome to answer. <laughs> Betty usually does pretty good at uh, answering. Christian does pretty good. Jen, usually you're pretty quiet on me, but feel free to answer some questions. The first question is, how can we be cheerful when we don't feel like it? Suck it up, buttercup. Put your big girl panties on. Is that the right thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make it. Make it. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound like anything you want to hear. Cause some of this, I'm like, Oh Lord have mercy. Like this is not what I want to hear when I'm sad or when I'm stressed. I don't want to be cheerful. I don't, you know, but guess what that is? That's me and what I want. And I'm a Christian. So therefore I should give my life or I have given my life to Christ. And it's not about me. And that's a part, you know, I said, like, I'm tired of us myself being a baby Christian and I want to move forward in my life and my, and in my walk with God. And so, um, I'm going to start and I have started really devoting time to God and understanding what he wants me to do in this life. And that's the big thing of this Bible study. These are attributes and things that he's called us to be. And so if I don't understand what it means, if I don't know what he means, what virtuous means or the things that make it make up be a virtuous woman, then how can I be that if I don't even know it? Um, but what I put was keeping your minds renewed to God's word and his promises and also to his sovereign control. So when things happen in this life that are hard, and I'm not talking about like you can't go and cry or have a moment where you just like for example one of my absolute best friends this week monday her house burnt down she lost everything she had and of course there are seasons in life ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time to dance and a time to what is it i mean there's like a time there's a time for everything so there's a time to mourn and there's a time to for happiness of course there's a time for that but we don't stay there so when we when things happen, when we lose somebody that we love, of course, that doesn't mean that you can't not be cheerful for a minute. It's not what it's talking about. What it is talking about is even when we don't feel like it, when we have anxiety or when we, whatever the case may be, we, our duty as Christians is to be cheerful throughout the seasons of life. Because even in a hard season, God's still ordained that. God's still given us that. And so, there are things that we can learn and there are wonderful things that come out of those hard seasons. There are wonderful moments in those hard seasons. So question number two, how do we stay cheerful and happy in the midst of a trial? It's one of those you rely on God. What? You have to rely on God like 
dive into your word and find find ways to find happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be intentional. You have to yeah. intentionally redirect your thinking and your actions. Yep. Think of the promises that he's given you or think of the things that he's completed and done in your life. I mean... <laughs> One thing, like keeping like a blessings journal or something. One thing I've looked at, I just like to look back and be like, okay, so this may suck right now, but look at what Mm -hmm. he's done. Yeah, like look at the big picture, the whole perspective. Like, I know one of the probably the biggest blessings in all of our lives are our children. And that is a promise from God. Like that is a bl- the biggest blessing from God that I've ever received is, I mean, obviously my husband, but also my child, you know, like she's just like God, I feel like in the time I was in and through my struggle of wanting another child, I feel like it just reassures me even more how much of a miracle that she is in herself and how he gave her to me and, to Jason at the best possible time and like that promise and I don't know just that makes me so happy and so cheerful just to remember how faithful he can be and so when things come up trials come up a a hard season is upon you or whatever think of those faithful times that God has done which you never thought that he would or he could do and um you know, like that song too says, he's bigger than I thought you were, you know, like he, he, he's kind of got it, you know, he definitely has it. And he's a lot bigger than our little finite minds can comprehend. I wrote to pray. Um, and remember that God is sovereign, even when we can't understand. So even when there are things that we don't understand, um, and I know I've used that word a lot today, sovereign, but if, you don't understand sovereignty, then it is a lot harder to understand good and bad things that happen in life because it'll allow you to just have a whole new trust in God and understand that his plan is not anything that you could ever comprehend or even write yourself. Um, the last question, and I even write down, you know, number four, like y'all said, redirect, be intentional. That's good. And, um, you know, like I said, when I listen to other people's perspectives on the podcast, it just helps you. Like, we're not just talking about something. We're listening to what each other has to say about it and truly grasping and learning it. So number five, it says, if we find ourselves doing outwardly good things, like showing hospitality, with an inwardly grudging, grudging spirit, how can we correct it? That's hard. You have to learn self-awareness mm-hmm. and you have to learn your intentions and learn how to, I mean, basically reflect daily and then you learn how to do it throughout the day and catch yourself because sincerity in so many aspects is very powerful, especially at reaching people and making them feel truly heard and seen. And I mean, especially with, I mean, hospitality or mercy or any of it, the sincerity behind it 
is how you're going to have a impactful connection mm-hmm. with somebody. People can tell when you're just acting and doing stuff, but your heart's not really in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously the more we learn about God, the more we learn about his attributes, the more we learn about his love and what it truly means, then the more we're going to be like him and the more we can easily give sincerely or be cheerful sincerely. Um, And what I wrote down is obviously I want to pray about the situation. So if I know that I'm giving something to someone, but I'm truly like complaining about it or not going to do it, then um, I'm going to pray about it and ask God to, take that from me you know like take that evil spirit or not like necessarily a spirit but like that evil way or take that um away from me you know like me and Jason pray every day God if there's anything in us that is not lining up with your word or with you like take it out of us like cause us to be more like you in every aspect don't let there be sin in our life that we don't know about or let us be doing something that's not pleasing to your will and so um you know, praying about that, I think will definitely help seek in scripture, um, read what the word says about the specific thing that you're doing. So if it, if you're, if you're grumbling and complaining and not sincere about giving, then study the way Christ gave, study the way that, you know, he calls us to give. Um, and then one of the other ones that I put down was to fix your priority. So, For example, like if I have a problem with hospitality and it's because my house is a mess, because y'all know me and y'all know that I hate having people over if my house is not at least picked up. So I need to make sure my priorities are set. And if I um, am like, now it's one thing, like we all live a crazy busy life and I know that we just cannot like keep a spotless house like it's it's not possible with children when it comes to a lot of these things we're talking about some are more natural gifts Mm -hmm. or god-given gifts that just flow easily through people whereas Mm -hmm. others you do have to be intentional about but i think in time certain things will unfold I'm having a hard time kind of getting out what I'm thinking. It's more, you also got to be self-aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and not complain about yourself or yeah. beat yourself inwardly about you struggling with certain things because yeah. it'll be a growing and teaching process for you. Yeah, that's true. Um, and like, you know, like I'm saying right now, like I have a problem with, my hospitality if my house is in a certain way but if I fix my priorities as far as like I'm not sleeping when I get home until it's time to go to bed you know get up and give early and go to bed like as long as I make sure my priorities are straight and there's nothing else that I can do um as far as like you know something that's causing me to have this problem with having an open house or hospitality like as long as I'm not, there's a burden I'm placing on myself, um, then I think that um, that will come easier and obviously pray about it and um, 
you know, just for God to open up your eyes and to let you comprehend these ways of being cheerful. Um, because this is something that God's called us to be. And so we need to do our best at it. Um, and there's a lot of things in here, like I said, that, you know, kind of hit me and not necessarily being like this all moment of, Oh my goodness, I've never heard that before, but more of a challenge of things that I need to correct or allow God to correct in me and by praying about it. So, um, that's all I got. Does anyone want to add to that or anything? Next, um, time will be contentment and I'll shoot for, I guess, two to three weeks out. If we see that that's just happens to be like a crazy week or everybody couldn't meet like last time, then we can, you know, of course do like once a month thing. Um, these are pretty simple, so it doesn't take a super long time to sit down to read it, to study it. Um, but I think a lot of good comes out of it. And um, like I said at the beginning, I want to change our name from Mama Bear to something else because I want to be more inclusive of people who, like young ladies who may be in college or, you know, somebody, a mom who could be possibly struggling from not being able to bear children, but, or, you know, just someone who hasn't had that desire to have children yet, whatever the case may be, I want to include more ladies because this isn't just for mamas. Um, nothing we've studied is just for mamas. So I want to be more inclusive. So if y'all have, um, other names or suggestions, y'all write me. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy our study. Join us again.